0: Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hasenberg and Kelly Alpert. Hello, friends. Welcome to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. This is the show for you and by you a virtual community creating conscious conversation and the opportunity to have a place to delve a little bit deeper into your life in a way that you may not do on your own. And don't we all like to swim in the deep end of the pool every once in a while? We are the show that is grounded in psychology. I added that for your benefit. And inspired by spirit, offering you a unique perspective from both worlds at the same time. My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here with my dear friend, co-host, and spiritual psychotherapist Steve Hasenberg. Hello, Hello,
1: Callie. Hello. I want you to know that the fire has been contained.
0: Oh yeah, you're very you're within a few miles of the Pacific Palisades. Um,
1: I am in Pacific Palisades, mm-hmm. and it was probably at one point about a mile and a half from us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'm very thankful, even though it was uh, difficult. Because the, helico- the place behind us has a helicopter station right? where they fill up the water on the bottom of the helicopters for the drops.
0: Right. So it's like it, apocalypse now behind your house. I
1: woke up at three in the morning. I thought I was in Vietnam. Oh, goodness. Uh, it was going every five minutes for three full days. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, it's better. I love the firemen, all of them. I know they are heroes.
0: Hats off to firemen and all kinds of first responders.
1: And they found they actually arrested the arsonist Mm -hmm. almost right in front of our townhouse. Mm. Oh wow!
0: Yeah, I could. Yeah, we could talk just about this all all day for sure. But thank God everything is contained and the perpetrator is locked found, up. and that everybody's now yeah, safe most importantly bet. so amen to that so do you dream of more abundance i do dear friends do you so do yeah. i <laughs> often do you feel like money is tight or that your options are limited well most of us know scarcity and all of us wish for financial and professional freedom i think most humans have that in common to one degree or another And while money is the first thing we identify with these topics, the magic sauce that we're going to offer you today to creating abundance is really more about, uh, it's, it's, it's about more than just fixing our financial woes. From a spiritual perspective, scarcity is something that can act as a mirror to the parts of us that feel undeserving, unloved, undervalued. And with the right practices, we can create space from which prosperity and joy and manifestation spring.
1: I'm going to drink some of
0: that sauce. Yeah. And then I'm going to talk about my disclaimer for today Mm. in a moment. (laughs) Today, the show is scarcity and abundance. We are going to speak to the wider perspective around abundance, the karmic stories that you need to befriend and action steps to help you undo your limitations and create what you desire. So I have a little bit of a disclaimer today okay. <laughs> that, um, I, <laughs> I really need to hear this show myself and heed mm-hmm. our own brilliant advice. And I was thinking about how, um, you and I were having a conversation a few weeks ago about spiritual teachers and gurus and, you know, personal development leaders and all this kind of in the, in our space and offering the type of information and help that we hope to offer And we were talking about the duality that often, like, some of the greatest um, spiritual teachers that will remain unnamed that we know (laughs) from our past and from our professional lives, you know, there's not full, like, integration. Like, they might not be walking their own talk, but they might be brilliant Mm -hmm. healers and teachers to other people. And then you said to me, well... A sick man can open up a health food store. <laughs> so that stuck with me because if this we we're doing the show like a year ago, I would have felt like the biggest farce. Like, how can I stand and hold the space when I'm in the opposite space? And now I just wanted to say that I um, it's just a part of our process. Right. We're all always learning and sharing. And for us, this is like a living art project as we learn in our own lives as well Beautiful, as creating the show. So it's my gratuitous disclaimer for today. Thank you
1: so much for that.
0: I am in a place of scarcity and not abundance. Not today, anyway.
1: That is real stuff.
0: It is, and that's what we aim to do. So I'm going to, I'd like to hear you talk. I'm a little tired of myself already today. Well, Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, let me just start with an experience that informed my entire life till yesterday. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So, um when I was growing up, my dad's father was very wealthy before the depression. Mm. After the depression, he had lost everything. Oh. Before the depression, he had owned a large company with about five hundred employees. It's oh, wow. a lot big company back yeah. then. Mm-hmm. After the depression He worked on an assembly line. Mm. My father, his life was informed by that. Mm -hmm. And every Saturday, he would sit doing his bills and start screaming. I would time it. It was always at 1110. (laughs) Wow. Talk about
0: (laughs) regimented or,
1: or consistent. Methodical, and every Saturday at eleven ten, he would start screaming that we were all going to the poorhouse. Yeah, and um, I didn't know what the poorhouse was, but he carried on so much that it was very frightening, and it informed my life to such a degree that even when I had had a uh, had a large psychology practice often i would think everybody would leave Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i wouldn't have any income Mm. and i'd be a bag man on the street no joke
0: it's amazing those imprints so did something happen yesterday that you purged that narrative for good
1: yeah because i wanted to do our show today from a point of abundance and not scarcity
0: okay good that makes one of us so what happened
1: what happened? Did you
0: have some? Did something happen yesterday that you helped you purge it?
1: Or you yes, just decided? I made the decision that I wasn't going to come from scarcity anymore.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I need to take a little bit of your advice. Um, so. First of all, that's beautiful, and it's amazing how these imprints come from so many different places, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. By the way, dear listeners, if anybody would like to join us today, we always like to hear from you to share your thoughts, you ask your questions, get some guidance, some advice. Uh, the number is 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. We'd love to hear from you. Um so let's, uh, let's just start a little bit from kind of um, the beginning of sort of the core of this concept of abundance, at least in kind of spiritual speak. You know, every book that we read, every teacher we listen to says that abundance is our birthright. It's like our rightful inheritance, right? If we're aligned with the universe mm-hmm. in the proper way that everything is meant to be ours and it's not meant to
1: be difficult, right? Right. They do say that.
0: And then there's being human. So my question is, why is this such an elusive concept? To so many, I mean, all of us get, you know, the idea of money and lack and obsession with money and paying the bills, despite what your socioeconomic situation is, seems like it pervades everybody's life. It really
1: really does. Um, I think we all go through it. Yeah. Well, first of all, It's a good, really a good conversation to have because both of us have had scarcity and abundance in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm underlying different ways because when gurus or teachers talk about or social media influencers.
0: (laughs) It's, right, the other big shots, the social media influencers.
1: <clears throat> when they talk about abundance, at least the gurus anyway, they're usually talking about our birthright being the fact that we have a treasure inside. Mm. They're not usually talking about an external treasure. Right. Unless they were on The Secret.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's another show as well.
1: Right, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a whole big topic too.
1: But if they're legitimate uh, teachers, they're going to talk about this treasure that we have inside that is our birthright, which is peace, love, compassion, kindness, these beautiful qualities that are mm-hmm. actually emanations from our soul. And so the other issue there that, that, that's kind of difficult is that it's hard to um, excavate that stuff. Right, exactly, right? especially when you're in a
0: place of lack. Especially Crisis. when you're a
1: place of lack and fear. Right. But we're going to talk about excavation today. We are. We usually do, and uh, we're going to talk about the different treasures. There's the external treasures mm-hmm. and their internal treasures, both of which can be difficult to obtain.
0: So before we get to, as we're going to ramp up to what we can offer in the secret sauce department, but just because there's so many um, ways that this topic impacts people, um, and I still ask this question to you because I don't know that I've heard uh, an answer quite yet today for, you know, just for our, our listeners at large, which is why is this such a why does it feel like access to like
1: the cosmic bank, as
0: I'm calling it, is so challenged?
1: Well, the, the cosmic bank is challenged because it's a carrot. Mm. Uh, and the ca- <laughs> carrot is external. The, the uh, external abundance for some people is very easy. Uh, from my point of view, there are individuals who have amassed large amounts of fortune over many lifetimes. They've educated themselves how to do it. They're often these people who make a million dollars and lose it and make it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know how to do that. Mm-hmm. There are abundances that you and I carry of generosity of heart that when we lose it, we can get it back again Mm. because we've been educating ourselves in that area. My focus hasn't been on earning money in this lifetime. Money has come. My focus has been on helping human beings overcome suffering. Right. And so it just also depends on our focus.
0: So... If the point that we want to start with is that it's not that scarcity is not just about money. Scarcity comes from all the different ways in which we are limited and all the different ways that dense energy kind of gets in our way. Right. Um, but that, I, I'm just trying to parse this out to kind of break through like, so yeah, that we sure. can re, you know, kind of reframe this for people. Sure. Beautiful. Um, You know, it's it's perfectly well and good to be generous and kind and giving and that it has been our priority is to grow as human beings. You and I share that in this lifetime. That's been our number one um, desire. We've also both desire to have financial abundance and freedom as well. So what do you say to people like, oh, that's really nice. I'm a really nice guy, but I'm broken. I can't pay the bills and I can't feed my kids just as a hypothetical you know, how do we begin to help people reconcile those two things before we dig in deeper as to the ways we can fill up those
1: those holes? Okay, so I was that guy yeah. that you're talking about. Okay? Yeah, and I, can... and I
0: am that girl today and lately, <laughs> uh, if I'm going to be honest.
1: Yeah, we're, we're very, very honest. honest here, right? So I was that guy, and I'm happy to tell that story later on in the show. And... Um, the the reason now, because I understand in a retrospective way, the reason that that happened to me, where I had $175,000 of debt, mm. having the credit card companies call me many times a day, not being able to pay our bills, young daughter. Why did that happen to me? Because I realized later on that I had big issues loving myself. Yeah. Aside from blaming my father, he stimulated all that. Right. But I had a lot of work to do in terms of learning to love myself, learning to deserve, learning to have compassion for myself. I didn't have that stuff. And it came back to me from the outside as scarcity. But the scarcity was really inside.
0: Right. So this is the part that's always hard for me to swallow, but it is the truth if you want to be on a path and work on yourself, is that all of our external existence is created on the inside of us. And it's all just a manifestation of where our thoughts are. That's really baseline 101. Yeah. If you, if you speak you know this language and are interested in this sort of thinking, right? So... With that, it's important to remember, I think, um, if we try to take this step by step as um, things that we can kind of offer, it's important, like you said, to kind of recognize and um, separate out extrinsic and intrinsic, what you call it, a reward system, right? The difference between the external checklist of material gain and money and all those things that we're not saying there's anything wrong with, they buy you a lot of freedom and we are all for it and both of us desire it and enjoy it. And then there's the internal wealth or currency, which is generosity, purpose, friendliness, conflict resolution, uh, compassion, you know, all of the different more um, human yep. current well, currency, we'll call it, right? Yep. So that's the first thing to kind of just like maybe we would suggest to our listeners that you kind of separate out if, especially if you're going through a hard time when you're going through an easier time, it's not, (laughs) all of this doesn't speak as loudly, you know, but it's also the time when you need this sort of lesson the most is when you're in a sense of that place of crisis. And it's also when it's the most difficult to start doing like spiritual speak when you're trying to figure out how to put food on your table. So it's kind of what I'm trying to move toward in terms of trying to, um, kind of unveil this or unravel this a little bit. Um, So one of the other things that we talked about in prepping for the show is the idea of um, like what Don Miguel Ruiz talks about um, often in his books, which is the indoctrination piece into the external reward system world, right, where it's always about. Um, how we're taught to check the boxes, this is supposed to happen, that's supposed to happen, you're supposed to join this club, you're supposed to be part of your church, you become part of a family, you define yourself by your job and by your house and sort of the the societal checklist. Yep. Um, and what we're suggesting is that maybe um, you can give a little bit more mindfulness and a little bit more weight and currency to these internal pieces. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because ultimately what happens, and this is the bridge, Is that the more you can feed that internal currency, the more the the external currency will show up.
1: Yeah, because if we uh, this comes to mind, um, I spent about eight months listening to somebody by the name of Esther Hicks. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Law of Attraction. People know Esther because Mm -hmm. she channels this uh, wonderful entity called Abraham. Right. And so after eight months, I basically came up with two sentences that were important. And what those sentences were about was that if you want to create abundance, then you must honor all the goodness in your life as it is right now, as the foundation for creating that abundance.
0: Which is a really hard thing to do, again, when you're in a place of scarcity, because when you're in a place of scarcity, all you're thinking about is how to um, bust that open, how to find that job, how to sell that project, how to make that money, how to feed your kids, how to pay the bills, how to keep the lights on. And that creates a very dense, understandably dense energy. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is that at the same time, while that's happening, if you can create some sort of space inside of that to find the one little thing that feels good that day, whether it's right. the bird that's chirping outside or the look of your child looking at you or a flower, whatever, at the tiniest level, because it's an it's just a way of opening up, like cracking open that energy and letting in sort of a, like a little bit of light to soften, the, to create more space.
1: Yeah, I think that this, uh, what I'm going to say is probably universal for all of us. That when we are challenged, our focus and attention goes to the challenge. Right. And we have a tendency to forget everything else. Right. Right. I am really good at that. And I've been so good at that my (laughs) whole life.
0: I'm better at it.
1: That's Uh, a contest. You may be better at it now. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing is, we become the thought that we're most afraid of. Right. And we forget all of the other nuances and beauty that are in our life. And so what Abraham is saying, to kind of redefine it, remember all the goodness, remember all the places where life is easy, and use that as a foundation to start creating.
0: Now, I recognize the value of that because I'm a great manifester when I remember to be and, you know, I'm, I'm doing a better job of being in that space. So I know it to be true. I also know that when I read that book, The Law of Attraction, for the first time many years ago, and often people are gravitate toward things like therapy and books like Law of Attraction when you're in a tough place, right? right. Not when you're in a great place. And I remember feeling so frustrated, like, I can't do this. How am I going to imagine this? And I'm going to dream this into existence. And again, like that pop psychology, like think positively and summon up abundance and just decide. I mean, certainly there's some value to that. But, you know, we, we've said this on the show in different capacities um, over the last year. It's really about getting it into your body so that it's a feeling and not a thought. That's, mm-hmm. I think, one other big step here. There's a difference between... Number one, like Steve, like you said, you don't want to focus on the trouble. You want to focus on the good stuff, even if it's a tiny crack that you're trying to let in. And the other thing is to try to let those good things into such a degree that you can feel it in your body and start to create a softer space. Because from the softer space and from the stillness, all of the wellspring of life
1: comes. Now, you reminded me of a fabulous story. What story? I was working in uh, at the office with a wonderful guy, who was both a photographer for Jacques Cousteau, mm. but also on wow. his on his off time, <laughs> he wrote he raced Le Mans cars. Oh wow! And two hundred miles an hour plus, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, "Here comes the story. I, I always love this." He said, the thing that was the most difficult to learn when I was learning to drive at that speed was to never look at the accident. Mm. Because wherever you looked at 200 miles an hour is where you went. Oh, wow. So I had to, oh, I had to relearn everything and look beyond the accident. Mm. So looking beyond the accident. Is the way to get to where you want to go, and I've right. always loved that story.
0: Right? Yeah, that's beautiful. I haven't heard that before. That's really nice. Um, there's also the idea of so there's so many there's so many different parts of this again um, to speak of, to scarcity and abundance from a spiritual perspective, and in the second half of the show we'll get to some of the deeper. Um, ideas around like, uh, karmic lessons that we need to learn, ways that we can kind of look at, um, these situations that are challenging from a more opportunistic place. But before we do that, um, in our remaining minutes here before our first break, um, I think it's important to, I I think it's important just to, to recognize that, um, it's also okay to have your feelings. Right. It's really okay. I've done so much crying over unemployment and money and feeling limited in possibilities um, over for many years on and off with a real roller coaster of a career and a real roller coaster of financial status. So I know this energy really well. I know both energies really well. It's just hard sometimes to stay in the the delightful one. And one of the pieces here, too, is that it's really important to have those days where you really feel like you just want to curl up in a ball and cry and honor the part of you that's been soldiering through and honor the part of you that's exhausted and trying so hard. You don't always have to be a warrior. You know, there are days when you can be mad at your God and PO'd at your partner and frustrated that, and exhausted. And I just think it's, you know, I'm always such a big proponent of us all giving ourselves permission. Yeah. do I feel
1: like shite? I would... Eh. Hmm, Okay. I would add to that by saying that it's only through a very honest appraisal of your feelings, whatever they are, that you can get to resolution. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The resolution, the answers are going to come from being in that place, not running from it, walking toward it, feeling it. And then finding out what it's attempting to teach you.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Right? Yes. So there's a teaching in everything, I believe. And so we can always move to a deeper place of teaching. But it's through feelings that we get to the teaching.
0: Right, because you've got to make the space. Right. So that's one of the biggest takeaways I think so far is that it's really important to make the space. When you're feeling the worst, when you're feeling the tightest, when you're feeling the most broke, when you're feeling the most frustrated is the time when your heart and soul and circumstances need you to break through that impenetrable energy that you're feeling and find some space Um, Dig a burrow a little hole in there to get a little light, to get a little positivity, to get a little gratitude. We're going to talk more specifically about that. So we're going to coming up to our first break. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the karma of scarcity and abundance, the opportunities and the teachings that you can gain and how to exist in times that are really difficult from a spiritual perspective. We'll be right back.
1: Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hasenberg and Kelly Appert. Welcome
0: back, everybody. We are talking about scarcity and abundance. I'm moaning and groaning about scarcity, Steve is talking positively about abundance. <laughs> Together does, we make the how perfect paradox. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're talking about sort of, you know, from from our typical lens, the psychological spiritual lens, the idea of um, scarcity and and number 1 how important it is when you're feeling a crisis around lack and feeling like you need more to pay the bills or to find more freedom, even in other areas. Again, this isn't always about money, that it's really important to also find some space. In fact, one of the things I've learned um, over many years of dealing with this issue personally is that it's um, often when you're in a place of uh, unemployment, for example, and you're having, you're really struggling with money, you're constantly in a, you know, every day is devoted to got to find a job, got to make connections, got to sell this great, you know, next huge idea, got to figure this out, got to take a night job, like whatever it is, when really what we need to be doing in those moments is give ourselves permission to like stop and go out for the day, or take a little trip or go have a little fun, or take a walk in the woods or do something to break away from that. Because again, the more you feed that sense of fear and lack and concern the more you perpetuate it so it's always a fine balance because certainly you got to fix the problem but you also have to make space to fix the problem so i just wanted to point that out should we talk about the um let's talk about how karma plays a role because i love blaming things on karma because then i can take less responsibility in this lifetime i'm, I'm kidding
1: remember from <laughs> our car- i'm gonna <laughs> go back to our car- our karma show okay And what we said about karma was that it was an opportunity. Right. Karma provides us with an opportunity to do something again Right. in a different setting, maybe with different people, but basically with the core issue at hand. And so it's a gorgeous thing. It's very, very intelligent, and we dislike it immensely when it's hard.
0: (laughs) I love how you put it, gorgeous, that's beautiful. By the way, if you'd like to join and um, moan with me or be positive with Steve, please do. The number is 816-251-3555. No, believe it or not, like I said, I'm a great manifester, and I've had great versions of abundance in all kinds of ways and it's just a ride for us humans we have different storylines that we're playing out different lessons Very to learn nice. um but to continue on this sort of train of the, the karmic thing for a second so this is you you know you're the masterful reframer when it comes to looking at things that um seemingly are difficult if we're coming from our human earthly extrins- extrinsic brain that says this is really hard this stinks I'm a loser. I need to be in such and such a place by such and such an age, whatever your narrative is. And what you're saying always trying to teach people is that it's an opportunity to look at what needs the most attention and love from you.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. And therein lies the poetry of it. So let's, should we give some examples of exactly what that looks like to to ground it a little bit?
1: Yeah, give one. Do you have one? <laughs>
0: um, well, I have ones that are work in progress that I'm still, you know, really frustrated. i love i fully
1: to hear that. cleared.
0: Um, let's see, because it, it is. It's a. I'm not. I can't really speak about it in um, retrospect and with, right. with with conclusive certainty because I'm still in all these rides all the time. You know, a lot over the years. So. For the last, you know, right now I have a a lovely job at Omega Institute. For the last six or seven years before it, after my last job and I was downsized out of a very gainful television show um, job, I struggled really badly as a freelancer despite everything on paper, everything everybody knew about me, my reputation, my connections, my talent, all the things that I know to be me and, you know, And it just wasn't landing. And I really, really struggled in a really difficult way. And so I tried to learn to use it as an opportunity after I went through, you know, a lot of just like strife and crying and upset and depression and really being um, owned by this energy. I realized that I needed to shift it by looking at it as an opportunity and there's a few ways that you know you can do that um and i this i learned from you as a technique which is to make friends with the part of me that felt like um i wasn't succeeding that i wasn't above my problem find Mm -hmm. that person inside while you're meditating Mm -hmm. or while you're walking or whenever this person comes up you know whoever this sort of like piece of you and get to know it get to make friends with it as you always say take it out for hot chocolate I prefer wine, um, and give it extra love because it's there to ask that of you.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, now I know in other areas where I've done that kind of exercise for many weeks, many months and longer, it definitely softens whatever difficulties you're projecting out to the world that are showing up as challenges in your life. It definitely shifts things, but there's some that are way more persistent. And there's some that come and go. So you could have abundance for a few years, do all the work. And then, you know, two years later, you're back in like that hole again. And you have to continue to do that practice and go, if this is the, you know, if this is the route that you want to take.
1: Should I talk Uh, about my homeless man? Yeah, please. It's a great example. He actually wanted to talk right now. Oh. So, um, when I was speaking about my dad, uh, and how it informed my life, uh, during my practice, when my practice would kind of ease out, people would be done, I didn't have as many people, the homeless man would show up. And I'd have nightmares about him and the fact that I'd be on the street soon. And people laugh at me when I tell them this. It's not you. you got unbelievable. Yes, it was a haunt. It was like a ghost mm-hmm. in my life. And so I started working the way Callie was talking about it. That's kind of how I came up with this method. I started working with the homeless man. And the first thing I did was to bring him some hot chocolate. And <laughs> I, I imagined him in my mind, and this mm-hmm. is the way to do it. You want to imagine the part of you that's suffering in your mind, in the whatever worst case scenario it could be, and then you start making friends with that person because really they're there out of neglect. They represent neglect. You haven't been compassionate to a part of yourself. You've been running from your a certain kind of fear. So the bag man was a big fear of mine. I've been running from him and I was trying to establish a relationship. And that relationship started with a cup of hot chocolate and a cigarette. Which, which, which. As I, you do,
0: a pack a day. Which there's... I
1: gave him, right? Mm-hmm. So over a period of time, uh, I got him, and this was probably seven or eight months that I'd been working with him. I got him to a halfway house, and he was living in a halfway house, and a little, <laughs> and a little bit more time went by, and then he was a leader of men in the halfway house. Mm. And I thought he would want to keep evolving, you know, so he could finally live in the Palisades, but he, he didn't. And he said he was very happy being a leader of men in a halfway house. Mm, And I never, ever thought about him again. Mm. He stopped coming into my awareness.
0: It's so amazing. And you say that about everything, you know, this extends to every topic, every struggle that we have that. It is just a piece of us that needs a little bit more of our embrace, really.
1: That's it's right. just showing
0: up to catalyze a little bit more extra attention, right? You always say that about everything. Oh, I do. Um, so then to take this to the next step, um, because, again, some of it might sound like, you know, kooky to some, which is fine. Um, it might sound like a nice spiritual bypass or, oh, that's all well and good, I'll make friends with my homeless guy too, but I still need to keep the lights on. Yep. So this is one of the other things that I managed to learn after a lot of work during these bunch of years that I was just describing is that I got to a place where I was still in the same situation on paper, but I wasn't up at night um, perseverating about it and I my body wasn't carrying it. I managed after I managed to find enough space where it was almost like I was bored of it. Like it was, it's, I'm trying to describe it almost as if I, um, the feelings and the weight of it weren't there, even though the circumstances hadn't shifted yet, I was operating on a few different levels and it was very freeing at least to know that I guess it's called equanimity, right? Or some space around your circumstances where you're not being defined by them anymore Mm -hmm. and you're still fine, even though your circumstances really suck, um, on paper, but again, there's a part of me that also, while this was all happening concurrently, was feeling really proud of myself for my strength, and really grateful that I had this space that magically seemed to appear where I wasn't being bogged down by my circumstances. And then what starts to happen, and again, I'm you know I'm co-opting this from you because you've taught me all this, is that you said to me one day, um, what you need to do is. Um, Love your situation, make friends with your situation, which is kind of what we've just described, but don't believe it. So again, it's a very interesting nuance that really requires a lot of practice, but it's the difference between being caught in the web of whatever your struggle is and being able to observe it with a little bit of neutrality and a little bit of distance. And the more you can work on that, the more you can create it, the more the circumstances start to shift. It's very magical and it's not magical in that it doesn't happen at the flip of a switch. It's a real pain in the tush, and it, dev- it, it um, requires a lot of devotion and commitment, but it does
1: work. Yes, it does. This is bringing up John Nash.
0: One of your favorites.
1: I love John Nash, and uh, John Nash was the mathematician in a mm-hmm. beautiful mind who was schizophrenic. And in the movie, he would see these children who would give him missions to do, and he would do these missions. Well, John Nash, after the movie, probably five years down the line, was on 60 Minutes. Right. And the interviewer just started by saying, John, you look so good. You don't seem to be as nervous anymore. And I'd like to just start off by asking you what happened. And so what John said is that, oh, the interviewer said you used to talk to those children. Are they still around? And John said, "Well, the children are still around. They still talk to me, but I don't believe what they're saying mm. anymore." And I think that's a great example yes. of what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's like the con- the consummate example because when you have mental illness, that is in your body, that is in your chemistry. That's a very difficult thing to separate out from. Um, yeah, it's it's actually quite amazing. Wow. Um, but it's a great it's it's a great representation of that. It's just a matter of starting to like not be owned by the circumstances and creating a space. And again, you're operating on all these different cylinders because you have to try not to get sucked into your downward spiral vortex, which is a very natural thing to do when it you're is. struggling.
1: It is.
0: But then if you could just poke a hole in one little moment of it, it's amazing. And let a little bit of light in and continue to practice noticing the things that are going right and continue to practice the separation and the witnessing of it all the while. And this is also at the same time, because still you got to keep the lights on, figure out one more way to stretch in ways that are really difficult and unpleasant. Right. One more, you know, if it means one more cash advance on a credit card, one more, um, one
1: more bank robbery,
0: one more bank robbery, one more loan from your mom, like whatever it takes, (laughs) you know, without over, um, Without over dignifying empower- and empowering those actions, or feeling badly about them. So I hope I'm articulating this well because it's a lot of layers that happen, you know, that happen at the same time.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing we can add to that is that, and you said it before: take time out from where you're possessed and right. go for a walk, or talk to a friend, or have a cup of coffee. Um, that's very, very useful. Um, we all go through this, as you're saying, everybody's been through it. And, uh, you know, I try to meditate. Uh, I tell my clients go for a really, really exhausting hike because that uses up a lot of raw energy. Right. And we usually feel better after we've done some cardio.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, so I
1: add that to the meditation mix too. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, that's good. You got to burn it out. It also gets the anger out or expels whatever energy mm-hmm. is frustrated or feeling badly about yourself. Um, and again, that even physically and chemically creates space because you're expelling a lot of some of the ick, you know the icky stuff, right? Yep. So trying to think of what else um before we get to our action steps that we wanted to talk about the hero and heroine's journey right Mm -hmm. our beloved joseph campbell the idea of the dark night of the soul right um this is something i can speak to too i was just doing this as recently as yesterday when i was having had sort of a rough week and i was while meditating because I couldn't summon up any of these other brilliant ideas that we're sharing with everybody right now. Sometimes it just doesn't work and that's okay too. Sometimes you just can't summon it up and other days you can. And that's part of the process too. But all I did was the one thing I was, I did manage to do is celebrate my, as I call it my inner warrior princess, you know, the part of me that feels strong and brave and courageous and enduring and patient and continues to show up after, a lot of you know whatever your tough stuff is and so if that's all you can do one day is to celebrate that part of you that's
1: enough go for it
0: how's your inner warrior princess
1: my inner warrior princess um (laughs) sometimes she uh puts on makeup (laughs) eyeliner Mm -hmm. you know i love her to death um she's doing really well I'm so glad. I've always been a metrosexual. Mhm. You know, I used to look at design magazines when I was a kid. Right. And Women's Vogue. And uh, you know, the, I'm into that stuff. So I know. She's, she's very healthy.
0: It's the beauty of you. You got you covered all the all the creative basis. I sure. mean, she
1: was actually healthier than my male for a long time. Mm. Because my father, God bless him, he's given me so much material. For the radio show, <laughs> so I want to honor him at the moment. Mm, amen. I want but, to honor him too for for right. making you. He was, <laughs> he was in such a state and raged all the time. Yeah. That I I gravitated toward my mother. I'm definitely a mother's boy, and I gravitated to that more feminine aspect of life.
0: And here you are. And I know you said that you didn't like for a long time, you didn't
1: like men very much. I didn't trust men. Right. I didn't trust that I could be in an honest relationship with men because my dad wasn't in an honest relationship with me. And that's right. that's where we learn. Mm. That's the indoctrination process. So
0: we can actually circle that back to what we're talking about today, um, which is to honor our struggles. Yep. And to realize that they're really, they might not be struggles after all. They might just be gifts hidden in a different outfit. Beautiful. I'm just trying it on for size. Like I said, I'm a very difficult audience today. So well, I'm not, I've got to heed my
1: own brilliance. I'll have to work on that. Well, I like it a lot.
0: So shall we talk about our action steps that we whipped up today?
1: Yeah, we it's like whipped butter.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So these are action steps that help you sort of get in touch with the concept of, um, well, certainly abundance, because that's where we want to lead everybody to. Um, the first one is practice gratitude. Now. This is one of those expressions and one of these sort of directives that we hear ad nauseum all the time in the spiritual space. Um, It's certainly important and significant. It's probably where all the magic happens and all the healing. But the key is to not push yourself to do it when you're in crisis. Try to do it when you're not in crisis. Do it when you're having an easier time and try to build up your reserve. What we were talking about the other day is that, it does physiologically shift your, your synaptic structure in your mind, right? It's almost like there's a reserve tank in there that can start accumulating those good vibes if you start building them.
1: Well, it actually builds new neurons mm-hmm. and it creates new synaptic connections. Right. And so when the beauty of gratitude, we've said this on our gratitude show, but it's worth re, re, redoing, Which what they found was that people who are keeping gratitude lists, uh, they're going through their day looking to decide what they're going to put on their list tonight. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so they're actually out discovering new aspects of their life that they feel gratitude about. I love that. Isn't that great? And so they're creating new synaptic connections day and night and after a while they build a new habit and those new habits are very very strong because we have bad habits very critical habits very Mm -hmm. judgmental habits and the gratitude list is a wonderful way of building a new habit
0: Mm. I love that I love the idea of being excited to go out and add to your list it's not like you're just trying to remember something from your day or summoning up something that you're, you know, just so you can fill out your list, but you're actually excited to find more yeah. new things. That's very sweet. I've never heard it kind of pose like that. I like that. Do you think also, cause we have a little bit of time. Do you think that some people are just more uh, easily wired for feeling yeah. gratitude than, than others are? Absolutely. Like chemically physiologically, or just some have an easier time choosing to go that route over others that are
1: well, I'd system. say, again, nature and nurture. Yeah. Some people come in with more optimism. Some people come in with more work to do, heavy work. And we can get bogged down in our heavy work and it's hard to be uh, happy, right? Yeah. None of which is bad. They're not punishments. Again, they're opportunities. So uh, some people are more akin to being generous with themselves and gr- grateful. And some people, probably given the way they were brought up, are not. Mm. They're more apt to find things to be critical about. Right, things that are wrong, yeah. And that often becomes a power, like a superpower. Mm. People can be very critical about themselves, other people, about the world. Yeah. And it gives them a sense of superiority. Yeah.
0: Unfamiliarity just becomes like their safe zone, right? Absolutely. Which is, that's a tricky thing to, that's a tricky habit to break. So action step number one, practice gratitude. Number two, get in touch with your scarcity. Try to sit down and make a list of the way scarcity is showing up in your world right now. I might have to do this after we're done with the show. <laughs> I just might. Try to trace back the source of that feeling and sit with it and then try to embrace it and send it love. Similarly to what we were talking about earlier, getting to know all the little shadow sides of ourselves and personifying them and making friends with them. Have you done that before? Well, you said you did with the homeless man, so that's a great
1: example. Well, I have another example if you'd like. Uh I I have so many things that have happened to me, you wouldn't believe it. I know. Right? So much. I mean, I've gone through so much agony in my life. It's like the ecstasy, the agony, and the ecstasy. Mm -hmm. So at one point, I was having nightmares that were going on for months and months and months and months. And the nightmare was seeing this baby who hadn't eaten for a thousand years. My goodness. And it was a horrifying thing. And I'd wake up shaking uh, over, like it would be one month, next month, next month, until I realized that that was me. It was a part of me that was a perfect reflection of a part of me That needed my attention and my love, and that's what I started doing. As as difficult as it was to face that vision, such an image. I started giving that part love. I didn't. I don't know. We may have gotten to the hot chocolate at some point.
0: (laughs) You might. uh, You might have to expand your menu. Um, (laughs) But that's powerful because that's coming from deep in your unconscious in a way that's showing up for you in your sleep. So that's like that's pretty wild. So that's the second idea. And then the third one is to practice feeling into the idea of waking up every day, feeling happy to be alive. So while you're meditating, perhaps picture yourself sleeping. Imagine yourself waking up and feel into the experience of being happy to be alive and looking forward to the day. So and that's one, too. I've had this conversation with a friend recently, and she's like, every time she wakes up, she's like, oh, s h don't know. S.H.I.? Yeah. Like that's how she feels when she wakes up in the morning, you know? Uh So, um, it's definitely a nice idea to try to switch that up. So again, to repeat our action steps, number one, practice gratitude, but give yourself a break. You don't have to do it when you're in the middle of a terrible crisis or really struggling. Do it when you, when you're feeling good, when you're not as inclined to remember to be grateful because you simply are in a good spot. Um, and just think about all the different ways that you can honor your life. Um, second one is to list the way scarcity is showing up right now. So try to, and then try to trace back the source of that feeling and sit with it, try to embrace it and try to send it love. And finally, practice feeling into the idea of waking up, feeling happy to be alive while you're meditating or walking, whatever it might be. Picture yourself sleeping and then imagine waking up and feeling into the experience of being happy to be alive and looking forward to your day and see if that shifts up your energy. I think that's a really sweet thing to play with.
1: I have people do that right before bed Mm. and I imagine themselves waking up and feeling really excited about the day that they're going to enter. So if it doesn't work the first night, try it for another five nights.
0: Yeah, it gets planted into your brain. So with that, we want to thank everybody for joining us today. We hope that uh, this helped and guides you in new directions. We want to thank Unity Online Radio. You can find our podcast on the website. You can find us on Instagram at OneSoul Radio, on Facebook, at OneSoul Radio Podcast. We' love to hear from you. any topics, issues you'd like us to speak to. Next week, psychedelics, healing, and enlightenment. Steve and I are going to share our sordid paths with you. And you're going to hear all our skeletons, so please join us. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world.